0: Hello and welcome to all. Thank you for joining us for what promises to be a wonderful seminar exploring the theme of love in the teachings of Ibn Arabi. It now gives me great pleasure to welcome Hani Ibrahim. Hani completed his PhD in Religious Studies at the University of Calgary. He is currently teaching at the University of Calgary and also Mount Royal University, Canada. Hani specializes in pre-modern Islamic thought, Arabic Sufi Literature, and Islamic Art and Architecture. This coming October, sees the publication of his book, Love in the Teachings of Ibn Arabi, under the series of monographs in Arabic and Islamic studies and published by Equinox Publishing, Sheffield, in the UK. The book will explore the theory of love in the writings of Ibn Arabi carrying out an in-depth reading and close textual analysis of selected works. These include the Interpreter of Longings, the Ringstones of Wisdom, and the Meccan Openings. Hani's approach not only demonstrates the centrality of love in Ibn Arabi's worldview, but also offers certain interpretive keys to help unlock the meanings embedded in the imagery and symbolism of Ibn Arabi's unique mystical language. hani please unmute yourself and begin your presentation and screen share when you're ready. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much, Lucy. First of all, I'd like to thank everyone and the Muhyiddin of the Arabi Society for inviting me to give the lecture. Uh, and I'd like to thank everyone for uh, attending this lecture and sharing the love and wisdom of uh, to begin with, in general, Sufi literature, love usually examines three main issues. First, the origin of love. Where did love, the love of God, or even the state of love, originate from? Second, the life of love, living love, practicing love, experiencing love. And then ultimately, the final goal of love and, is to witness and experience the realization of Tawheed or oneness in God. This goal, the oneness of God, is understood to be the effacement or annihilation, in Arabic fana, of the lover, Muhib, in the Divine Beloved, Mahabou. In other words, spiritual or mystical self Realization is ach- is achieved when all forms of love are perceived as the reflection of the one and only real lo- love in uh, existence, and that is the love of God, al-ishq, al-haqiqi, the real uh, and true love. The metaphysical phenomenon regarding Sufi divine love has been portrayed mainly in two verses of the Quran and three hadiths. So the Sufis, including Sheikh Muhammad ibn reference the these two verses of the Quran and three hadiths. Maybe the other verses and other hadiths, but they focus on these two verses and three hadiths. The first verse, the uh, uh, the statement: All believers who, elder among you, renounce their religion, God will bring people whom He loves. So. The statement God will bring people, create people whom He loves, this indicates that the primary and initiative love comes from God first. You cannot love God and until God loves you first. So this signifies that the love of God in humans has its origin in God's love for them first. The ending verse of uh, the ending of the verse, the statement, and who love him, and then they will love him. Who love him implies a response and a reflection of the divine love from uh, human beings back to God. Also, the Quran stipulates how this love on the part of the human beings is to be embodied in. The second verse, which they re, uh, refer, which mentions that Prophet Muhammad, Do you love God? Follow me. And God, follow me. God will love you and forgive your sins. And so I shall he refers and indicates to the importance of the son of the Prophet Muhammad by following the Prophet Muhammad, his lifestyle, his saying, his behaviors, his attitude, because he believes that the Prophet Muhammad is the perfect embodiment of the beloved human being. And he mentions this many times in the, uh, in the Meccan openings of Qahat al-Makkaya and also in the Fusus al-Hikam, the Bezels of uh, Wisdoms. So he says, if you love God, follow me, the path of the Prophet Muhammad. God will bestow his love upon you and forgive your sins. So this verse signifies the divine condition of the way to fully gain God's love and that is to follow the path of the Prophet Muhammad, a theme which Sheikh Muhideen subsequently develops in his writings and references the authors. From the entire collection of okay two Qudsi hadiths and one level hadith hadiths are the primary sources of inspiration for the entire Sufi literature on the metaphysics of divine law. The first is the canonical hadith of the proximity by, by the supererogatory prayers. or the Hadith uh, says, my servant draws near to me through nothing I love more than that which I have made obligatory for him. So, the mandatory prayers, the fast, mandatory fasting of Quran, uh, the almsgiving, the zakah, the hajj, is practicing these mandatory uh, rituals, nothing more is beloved than practicing and performing these. However, God says, my servant never ceases to draw near to me through the super irrigatory acts until I love him. So by practicing that these super acts, the sun and the answer, a person can attain the divine love. And when this happens, this is the actual realization. And when I love him and God loves him, he, uh, he says, I am his hearing by which he is. So, the the person or the servant realizes and recognizes that his hearing or her hearing, his or her sight, is nothing more than the hearing and the manifestation of the divine name of uh, God, as the all-hearing, Al-Basir, the all-seeing. So, the human being is veiled. God is not veiled. From this hadith, we understand that when... The, a person practices these uh, super acts. God bestows his love and the person
0: realizes
1: God is his hearing by which he hears. His sight by which he or she sees. His hand by which he or she grasps. His foot by which he or she walks. And when he approaches, when he or she approaches a span, God approaches a cubit. And when that person comes walking, God as a reflection comes running. It's a correct, authentic hadith that's mentioned in Bukhari. The second hadith is the famous non canonical hadith, Odyssey of the Hidden Treasure, Al Kanz al And when I was uh, working uh, on my PhD with Professor uh, Abnu Benito, he indicated, and I, I researched in the Fatah it's not actually, Shishit never mentions hidden treasure. Actually, it's Kukenzen lamof I was a treasure, an unknown treasure. Why Sheikh why never use the word hidden because God is not hidden, he is more apparent than appearance itself okay, one of the names of God is um, the apparent the all apparent okay, so he is more apparent than appearance, he is not failed, okay? so we cannot use the word hidden. Rather than I is unknown treasure. and So the hadith goes: It was a hidden or unknown treasure, and I loved to be known. So love is the primary origin, the ontological uh, uh, beginning of all creation. God loved to be known. He loved because why? Because he was a treasure, and the treasure is a manifestation of beauty. Similarly. If a person wants to gaze on his face, he makes a mirror. So creation is a mirror that God manifests His beauty in creation to contemplate on His uh, His beautiful attributes. So since So I created the creation, uh, the creatures, and made myself known to them so they knew me. However, this is an uncanonical habib and people. Uh, uh, scholars said this is not authentic hadith, however Sheikh Mohammed ibn Arabi said it's an authentic hadith through spiritual unveiling cash when he mentions this many many times in the Futtah. even though the hadith is non-canonical it is the cornerstone, uh, cornerstone of all of ibn Arabi's metaphysical theories on love, creation and existence, the hadith of the unknown treasure, uh, unknown treasure. the third hadith is a canonical hadith the prophetic hadith that states God is beautiful and He loves the beauty. So, because God is beautiful, He is a treasure in Himself, He wants to be known. So, He manifested Himself upon Himself through Him to Himself to manifest on His beauty. So, as Sheikh Mahdi al Arabi, when he mentions the theory of oneness of being everything has real existence with a small r, however. This existence, as we uh, uh, heard in the hadith of the supererogatory prayers, is merely a manifestation, a reflection of the divine attributes of God. This hadith has been frequently cited by Sufis and by Ibn Arabi to refer to one of the main reasons behind divine love, and that is beauty. Also specifies that beauty and love are attached and related to each other, and because God is beautiful, he loves to manifest his beauty in creation. And thus, the object of love itself is God himself. So, the writing style of Ibn Arabi, how can we understand when, uh, and decipher the symbols of Ibn Arabi in his, in his writing? The writing style of the Sheikh Sidi Muhad Ibn Arabi resolves, re- revolves around three distinct features. First, the etymological deconstruction of the letters, the words, symbols, and language of the Quran into their basic roots in order to extract new meanings. So Sheikh muhaddini said, uh, "The Arabic language of the Quran is limitless. If a word can have multiple meanings, all these meanings are correct." So he's not inputting; he's not uh, uh, inputting his own. Uh, uh, in- interpretive uh, ideas into the Quran. No, he's extracting his, uh, the meaning by uh, using this etymological deconstruction of the letters and the words of the Quran. He said it's li- limitless. Why? Because uh, God, uh, in mm-hmm. Islam, they believe that the Quran is the literal word of God. So his literal word can have limitless meaning as long as they are understood from the grammatical and language perspective of Arabic. Second, the review, he reviews all relevant intellectual approaches, whether they're philosophical, theological, jurisprudence, cosmological, and uh, uh, refers that to the meaning of the words and the verses of the cross. He uses also uh, theological arguments, uh, Poetry, cosmology, and ontology, and so on. But his main ontological uh, idea is the point uh, is the concept of oneness of being. وحدة, uh, uh, mentioning oneness of being, Sheikh Muhammad ibn Arabi mentions one time in the Futuhat, uh, oneness in being. al fi al Oneness in being, not Wahda uh, al or uh, oneness of being. He doesn't use of. use it once, and um, I explained uh, in my book how he used this term uh, in in Tawaturah. So he says uh, these words, the verses of the Quran, although at the same time they indicate the limits of such rational approaches. Third, by referencing any spiritual unveiling, unveiling, his personal uh, spiritual unveiling, and refers it and references it back to the Quran and. Uh, the uh, hadith of the Prophet. Speaking about love, love is at the heart of Ibn Arabi's life and work. And he mentions this. And when, when we read uh, the books that have been written on the Shaykh and his, his work, his main focus is love. His main idea revolves around love. He understands love to be the motivating force behind creation and the cosmos itself, the self disclosure. God referring back to the hadith of the hidden treasure through the process of creation entities become detached from God, metaphorically speaking as the attributes of God this detachment causes the entities to seek and desire to return back and reunite with their origin namely God also he mentions in his book the Khair al-Alaq in the commentary on al Ashwa the Tiltr of Longings he considers love to be the greatest and most p- perfect passion or yearning. He calls it shahwa. And he explains why. So, uh, the desire from God, and he mentions uh, the sigh of desire of the all merciful Nafas ar-Rahman to, as a longing for uh, God to uh, manifest his beauty to himself. Hence, from this sigh of desire creation came out. So, according to the divine attribute where God affirms his own being, love, and beauty, by revealing himself to himself by himself, himself as the essence and the attributes. So, the essence is unknown, it's not only to God, and God manifests everything through his attributes or divine names. This means that love is manifested by the divine attributes and revealed for the divine essence to witness and contemplate. This divine manifestation appears as creation or epiphanies mother of every possibility that comes to exist. And I, he also explains that the sigh of desire, coming from the breath of the all-merciful, is an expression of love by God. Longing. It is this action which creates and determines all forms of existence. Also in the crowd of epistles, Tajr al-Sayyid ibn Arabi writes, know that witnessing the beloved God is the essential goal. So he mentioned witnessing, shuhud, mushahada, the knowers of God who realized the oneness of tabheed in being, and they're the beloved. There's a lover and there's beloved. So the goal, the essential goal, is witnessing God. He writes, I am astonished by a lover who complains about love more than the pain of trials. Because there's a hadith with uh, God, if someone uh, God loves people, God trials them, he tests them. Okay. And God mentions in the Futuhat, in and I mentioned this in, in, in my book, one of the questions, why does God trial his beloved? The, the short answer, Ibn Arabi answered it because they claimed something, they claimed to love him so God wants to, they, to sub, for them to substantiate their love. Someone claims, okay, I can climb Mount Everest in three days, then you have to prove it not to me, to yourself. Okay. So says, this is because the lover should be occupied by the enjoyment of love, and hence there should be no feeling of pain whatsoever. This is because pain only comes from the sensation of feeling, and the lover's feeling and sensations are numb from sensing Anything else other than the beloved? This is also some. Uh, sometimes they call it fana al effacement or annihilation in the witnessing of God. Uh, and Ibn Abi mentioned this in, 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 in many many of his uh, writings and poems and uh, and so on. And uh, he references it in the book, the Crown of Epistles. And Imam al-Janid also said that we reach a stage if we are cut by the swords, so you will not it. So this is uh, the sense and the experience of seeing in the state of witnessing had and mushahad witnessing of God. According to Imam Ali, the process of witnessing God in creation produces both a spiritual state and a divine knowledge for the benevolent lovers of God. He argues that true lovers not only experience the beloved's trials and tribulations with content, but also have no desire for any more. They don't want God's paradise, or the holy land, or they only want God for for Himself. They love Him. They want to be in a, a, a continuation of witnessing God. Ibn Arabi writes in the al alaq, the commentary on the. Uh, so he writes the basis and foundation in love is that you the lover become the essence of the beloved and the lover disappears and he writes you uh, uh, you dissolve you disappear completely you are completely annihilated in, in God until there is no you except him Ibn Arabi also writes in uh, the commentary of the uh, Interpreter of Longings, the provisions, and I, and I named it the provisions of deep attachments and the explanation of the Interpreter of Longings. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. al He writes, when he uh, explains uh, the most famous uh, poem, he says, for every name in uh, these uh, poem, uh, poems I mention in this section, it is Zernizan, the 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 lady that he met, but he refers and references and and uses the names of Adam and Layla and zainab to reference the essence of God. So actually, he is praising God. That's why when the scholars first heard the long the interpreter of longings, they criticized and accused Sheikh that oh, he is infatuated with women and 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 erotic poach, but actually he's, he's praising God. He doesn't see anything except God. And everything, dwelling, Dar, I describe, is it is her dwelling. I define, I continue to compose the verses and the section to allude throughout uh, to divine inspirations, spiritual revelations, and innovative spiritual occasions in accordance with our ideal method of expression. So, to begin the, the famous verses, then I have some uh, remarks which I'd like to share with you. The most famous of, of, of them, My heart has become capable of accommodating all forms. For gazelles, and uh, a meadow. For monks, a monastery. For idols, sacred house, a Kaaba. For the circumambulating pilgrim. The tables of the Torah and the scrolls, scripture of the Qur'an. I uh, also would like to mention my first encounter with Sheikh Muhid ibn Arabi was uh, when my father taught me these um, uh, verses when I was young. I didn't understand, but when I uh, grew up and started reading and learning about Sheikh bin uh, I began to uh, understand and uh, appreciate these verses. So it was my father who uh, introduced me actually Sheikh Muhid ibn Arabi. So, in these two verses for Ibn Arabi, the gazelles symbolize beloveds for the lovers. The monks symbolize devotion for God. The idols symbolize the necessities which human beings ask God. The pilgrims symbolize higher spirits. The tables symbolize Mosaic Hebrew religion. And finally, the scrolls symbolize perfect Muhammadian knowledge. And this is from Ibn Arabi's own commentary. And explanation on his own uh, poems. Then he says, "I profess the religion of love. Wherever its caravans turn, this religion is my religion. The faith I keep." Of course, the uh, the, the the famous poem uh, in Ad This is the actual verse which Narmi wrote, but the uh, the published uh, version. فَالْحُبْ مُدِينِ Love is my religion. So the original manuscript version written by Ibn Arabi of this famous verse was For religion is my religion and faith. However, with other variations and not the popular published uh, famous uh, verse For love is my religion and faith. And this was substituted, religion was substituted by love. But actually, Ibn Arabi wrote religion and not love. And you can find the uh, reference in uh, Abdullah bin Arafah in his yeah. uh, the book the Diwan uh, Diwan al-Kabir by Ibn. Arabi. Furthermore, the meaning of this religion is my religion, the faith I keep. Ibn Arabi explains that there is no other form of religion that is higher than religion that is based on love, longing, and uh, devotion. He continues, we have an example in Bish, a lover of Hind and her akin and in Qais, the lover of Layla, and likewise, Maya and her lover, uh, Gailan, here he is referencing, so these ladies, these uh, uh, famous feminine Arabic heroines, represent the essence of God, and the lover, the seeker, is Qais and uh, Gailan, and so on. Ibn Atabi's comment, he mentions, and also this was a reference from Professor Benito, Ibn Arabi comment clarifies the meaning of hence Sison uses Ukhtiha. In this verse, which means a similar model, not a sibling or a sister, as found in many uh, translations of uh, the verse. Because the word can uh, yes, can mean sibling or sister, but in this situation, in this uh, example, it means uh, a similar model. In these famous verses, Ibn Arabi professes that the heart of the divine lover can reach a spiritual level where it can identify, accept, and receive the various theophanic uh, appearances in the different forms. That's why when he began, he said, My heart uh, accepts uh, all forms. My heart, my heart has become capable of accommodating and accepting all forms as manifestations of God. Also Ibn considers the prophetic wisdom of the Prophet Muhammad to be a wisdom of perpetual transformation by, way, by the the instant changing and uh, self-manifesting uh, uh, of the attributes. of He usually refers to a verse at every instant there's a different manifestation than the previous one. It's never repeated in uh, creation. So he says the highest form of uh, wisdom and uh, witnessing God is this the wisdom of perpetual tran- transformation and he mentions this in the book of Taken the Bezels uh, of Wisdom and he calls it because this is because the spiritual station of stability in variation this is not stemkin fitterin, because in Sufism they argue which is higher is it uh, stability temkin, or is it terween? colorization or variation Ibn Arabi differs, he says no, variation but it's variation in stability so a person, the knower of God is stable in his understanding witnessing God and these manifestations come and cross in front of him and they are revealed but he or she never are affected by it and he considers stability and uh, variation to be a higher spiritual level of consciousness in knowing God than the station of spiritual uh, stability. And he mentions this in Arataj The concept of adaptability of the heart to the various divine appearances and transformations is defined in Sufi literature as coloration or uh, variation. The divine manifestations, according to Ibn Arabi, appear also in the different forms of religious beliefs. Because the heart of the knower of God is not limited to a specific spiritual station because it has become capable of constantly adapting and recognizing the various divine theophanies and transformation in every and all forms, this does not mean that the lover of God in any religious tradition believes in all religions. Rather, it means that the knower can witness and recognize God, the beloved, in all of his various religious forms while observing at the same time The personal and beliefs and rituals of one's own religious tradition. From such knowledge, and this is my uh, understanding from what I learned from Sheikh Muhideen, for example, the Islamic testimony of faith, there are no gods but God, la ilaha illallah, could be understood in a way that there is no God being worshipped in existence but the one supreme God only who is transcended. So, the knower of God is worshipping uh, uh, people who are worshipping their own specific deities. It's only God worshipping himself through this form. Ibn Arabi also begins the longest of his chapters in the making Openings on Love with a description of all the intricacies of the station of love. He signifies that it is God alone who loves himself in reality. The human lover and the beloved are nothing more than aspects of God's own epiphany. He writes in the following verse Love is attributed relatively to humans and God in a relationship not known by our human mind. And also, the the translations of uh, chapter 178 of the Futahad, known as the station of love, are my own uh, translations. Also, Na'ani writes that the of love um, has four terms or titles. He calls them Al titles uh, ascribed to it. Namely love, hope, affection, wood, intense, overwhelming or passionate love. You can translate it uh, different meanings in English. This is known as the ish. And finally inclination or caprice or whim, how. In the chapter of the Futuhat 178, he does not mention the sequence, which comes first, but he mentions this in the Turgjman uh, al-Ashwar, and I will explain this uh, in the following slide. He develops meaningful polysemic understandings by employing an etymological analysis of the different Arabic terms by closely analyzing each term's root. Ibn Arabi explains the sequence, development, and the name of each type of love. The initial level is when love alone enters, falls in the heart of the lover, and he calls it sukut al-hubb al al-hub qalb So love falls in the heart, and he calls this inclination hawa or caprice or win. The second phase, or so the first phase, is hawa inclination. The second phase of love, when inclination is put, is pure towards the beloved alone, without any desires or attachments or requirements, it becomes pure. You love for own sake. You don't want anything from the beloved except that the beloved, when this state is pure, then he calls it love, hope. The third type of love, it develops from power to hope and then to would. The third type of love is when the purest form of love, hope, becomes fixed or fixated in the heart of the lover Love is then described as affection wood because the, word, the term wood uh, means a stake, to stake something, it, uh, so it's fixed as uh, a stake. The fourth is when affection wood consumes the lover. Consumes the lovers not only his heart, his heart, but physically also internal organs and thoughts in a similar way as the convolvulus plant wraps itself around its vertical support. Love is then entitled t- uh, or called passive love. And he mentions this, as I said, in the Tha'ir al-Alaq, the, in- the commentary, his commentary on the uh, interpreter of love. He didn't mention it in uh, his longest chapter, 178 of the Futuha. Ibn Arabi explains that inclination, how, is related also to the word yahu, Yahuwah, meaning to descend, falling down, someone falls in love. It signifies falling from above. And this implies a contrary meaning of the term which expresses an ascending movement. So, power falls down, Ash ascends up. This term has two forms of love. One being positive and the other negative. The negative form of caprice or inclination is when one follows one's own inclinations, personal self-desire, selfish desires, Hence, it's negative. And this the negative form of hawa is mentioned in the Quran. In many verses do not follow your hawa when so on. But it can be positive hawa, or in uh, if it, it follows the observation of the divine rulings. So, that's why the hadith of the Prophet Muhammad he said, mm-hmm. one of you believes until his hawa Translation: Tabahan is resembles and wants and desires what I have come with, meaning the Quran and His Sunnah. So it's positive when the believer inclines and conforms to the divine rulings, even if they contradict with personal inclinations and desire. Ibn Arabi explains the purest form of love, love, is associated with the with the word habba, which can mean grain or seed. So love, the pure love, begins something small in the heart as a seed and then steadily grows and flourishes to frequent nourishment of the emotions of love and so on. Correspondingly, love begins as a small seed and grows steadily. Ibn Arabi considers this type of love, hope, to be the most elevated and purest form of love. He asks that the purity of love penetrates the heart of the lover and is not subject to change. Therefore, this form of love obliterates any purpose or will that is different from that of God's purpose or will. Ibn Arabi describes affection as the constant, faithful fixation of either hub, ish, or hawa. The previous three terms, to the extent that nothing can change or affect this persistent situation under any condition. So someone can be in a state of hawa, but he's a hashik of hawa. Or a state of hub, but he's a hashik of hub and or wind equals the Quranic verse, indeed those who have believed and done righteous deeds, the most merciful will grant them affection. In the mentioned in that chapter Surah Maria. To support his argument that God will bestow affection of ishq, Ash hawa on the hearts of his servants who do righteous deeds. It is also interesting to know that the divine name, al wadud as a form of loving, is, is uh the loving all loving is the only term Used in the Quran to describe a God as the loving or loving. The fourth term isn't, is not mentioned in the Quran. However, Ibn Abi mentions similar terms to it. Uh, and I mentioned this in, in uh, my book. But the ishq is not a Quranic term. Uh, this term, however, derives from the same root as ashqa, which also means to connect, to couple, to join and it is metaphorically associated with a convoluted circling bind wheel that coils itself around its vertical support, causing the support to eventually become unseen and figuratively to disappear, becoming one. This term, unlike the previous three, is not mentioned in the Qur'an, and according to Ibn Arabi Ash, is the excess or the superfluous flow of hub, the pure state of love. This form of love occurs when hub blinds the lover from seeing anything else but his beloved in existence, and then this form of hub can be called Ish. Ibn Arabi also describes another form of love, uh, and he calls the love of love, Hubad Hub. This is the state of uh, loving that the lover is in a, is in a state of love with his feelings of enjoyment, happiness of love itself is preoccupied with the states of love and not, not with the love in other words the lover becomes preoccupied and infatuated with the feelings and the states of love rather than the love so we understood that the, the different terms of love and the ontology of love so and the knows of God when they realize and witness God through love so what's next comes manners. If a person witnesses God in everything, and himself or herself, so what's next? Ibn Arabi says there has to be manners. And he calls it, uh, he, he wrote on it chapter 168 of the Meccan openings on knowing the station of manners and its its secrets. It can, it can be translated as etiquette, it can be uh, manners, and, and, and so on. He writes, that a well-mannered person, Al-Adib, is a wise person who adapts and behaves with the appropriate manners towards each divine fluctuation and self-transmutation uh, of God. He explains that the highest form of the manner with God is dropping manners altogether. So the highest station of manners in Adib is dropping manners. And he calls this station the station of leaving, or dropping manners and its secrets. The manners of the knowers of God is that God grants them success. To not deny God in any uncommon form, whether it's religion or, or secular perspective. Without saying aloud, any references the hadith mentioned uh, in uh, Muslim and other book biblical Hadith that God will manifest himself to the people on the day of uh, reckoning. They would not recognize they say we will wait here until God comes to us. When he re- comes, we w- will recognize him from his signs. So he said, God, when he manifests himself on the leave, reckon you do not say we will take refuge in you from God, because it's seen him. it's only God. God is recognizable to them in every form. Ibn Arabi explains that the right manners in the spiritual station is to become the dynamic performer of the hand of God, regardless of how these actions might seem. He references the prophet Ibrahim Abraham and the good servant Al Khidr in support of his idea. The highest form of manners is dropping manners, but this is for high, elevated uh, know- knowers of God. They are the hand of God that acts in creation as the vice Now, the of the and
0: Islam.
1: This is evident. When he writes that love is the greatest human yearning, he calls it the, 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 the highest yearning, Shahwa. He acknowledges that the heart of the lover and the knower of God, who has attained the realization of heed or oneness in God, can recognize the various manifestations of God in all forms of creation. However, this capability requires that the human lover or the knower of God will always act with manners towards the countless divine variations and manifestations of God in creation, and that the human lover should not reduce God to only one mode of self disclosure, witnessing the lover in everything. Finally, in my lecture, I have attempted to clarify what I understood to be Ibn Arabi's unique mystical intuitions concerning love, and this attempt has enriched my understandings of both human and divine love, and has helped me to design for a wider spectrum of possible meanings that could be found at Ibn Arabi's mystical writings. And I'd like to thank everyone. Thank you very much.